again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 159th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about previous PM Scott Morrison's recent instruction to a church congregation not to trust in (laughs) governments. And we're talking about the implications of this for the government he led and apparently wanted to keep leading and for whatever is left of that group in the present government. Mm. Oh no, parliament actually. In normal times and with, let's say, regular political types, after they have been voted out, they probably should disappear into the background. Mm -hmm. Reflect a bit about why it all got so wrong and they probably should go for a hobby, fishing or writing a book about why nobody ever understood them. But obviously that's not so for formerly populist politicians in the Anglosphere. The three past leaders of the democracies of about 90% of the citizens of the global Anglosphere, also known nowadays as AUKUS, seem to think that these citizens, as well as the rest of the world, should be blessed and continue to listen to samples of their wisdom and their righteousness. Mm -hmm. Well, Jacques, I saw in the age yesterday that ex-PM Scott Morrison is tipped to do the Pentecostal talk circuit, (laughs) (laughs) even while they say his lack of charisma might stop him earning the top (laughs) 144000 for each talk. And there's more scary stuff about that in the age today. Yes. Charisma or not, he did make a couple of astonishing claims in a public talk recently, didn't he? Yeah. Astonishing even for a serial advertiser like himself. (laughs) Speaking at former tennis star Margaret Court's Evangelical Church in Perth, the Victory Life Centre, he told everyone who cared to listen not to trust in governments, or for that matter, trust the United Nations. Mm, Yeah, our heads are really spinning, aren't they, Jacques? Mm. Uh, Wasn't he the head of the Australian government? Didn't he campaign in the last federal election not so long ago, asking voters to trust him to lead the Australian government for all of us? Yeah, so was, so was his, <laughs> his admonition not to trust governments just an advertorial, sort of a manner of speech perhaps, mm-hmm. or a deeper insight that had befallen him after his political device? <laughs> or may the Lord forbid, was he lying perhaps? Mm. Has he been lying in the previous election campaign and during his three years in power where he persuaded the Australian people to trust him and his party to govern Australia? Mm. How often didn't he and his colleagues say that we were the best in the world for so many things? Because, of course, being governed by him and his government. Mm. And following his church oration, did he really never have faith in his own government? in himself leading it to represent the interests of the people. Indeed, 
thinking that only Pentecostal salvation could do that job. Yeah, true puzzles for all of us, I'm sure. So let's look at what he actually said to the congregation of the Victory Life Centre to help us think about it. So, for those who haven't caught it so far, quote, God's kingdom will come. It's in his hands. We trust in him. We don't trust in governments. We don't trust in the United Nations. Thank goodness. We don't trust in all these things, fine as they may be, and as important as the role that they play. Believe me, I've worked in it. (laughs) And they are important. But as someone who's been in it, if you are putting your faith in those things, as I put my faith in the Lord, you're making a mistake. (laughs) They are earthly. They are fallible. I'm so glad we have a bigger hope, unquote. (laughs) Astonishing. It sounds like he's saying, don't trust government because I've seen it from the inside and it's not fit for the job. And I should know. I was there and I was leading it. (laughs) But wait a minute. You're the one we're putting our faith in. You and your government, Scott Morrison. You, You weren't an idle bystander insider. You were... The PM. <laughs> yeah, taking more than half a million dollars every year, plus perks, to do that job on behalf of us all. You did promise that you were going to govern for all of us, and not just for your party or for the evangelical community. Yeah, which is only a, not the majority of Christians, no, even. Yeah. Certainly not. So reflecting on this, um, many have openly wondered whether he was, has been thinking this all the time, as you said, Jacques, hmm. um, that he was heading the Australian government. So, Alan, I think um, Alan Kohler talked about this a bit. He's, yeah, he said, just to name one commentator, Alan Kohler writing in the New Daily last Monday reflected, and I quote, maybe there is ideology at work here, and the push for small government isn't just about greed and the urge to pay less tax. Watching Morrison, I wondered... Cola, still Cola. I wondered whether other conservative politicians don't trust the government <laughs> they are elected to be in charge of. And is Pentecostalism, or any religion for that matter, inherently anti government? End of quote. Mm. For us, the evidence for the la- from the four last years confirms that Morrison and several in his government fitted that mold. Oh, it's astonishing. In fact, um, this program, Think Again, is sort of a bookend for our Think Again program in late January 2020, which we titled, Does the PM's Pentecostalism Inform His Beliefs About Climate Change and Help Explain His Inaction? Mm. So that was our program. The evidence is certainly that the PM and his government dropped the climate change ball, that the evidence is absolute for that, completely um, ignoring the fact that this is human-made Global warming is human-made. And while he waits for the second coming of his saviour, rather than doing the necessary things to avert the environmental catastrophe facing us. Mm. Yeah. So, And for listeners waiting for the second coming, this is not a criticism of your faith. Rather, it's, it's really a critique of the merging of government and any particular faith, which is not supposed to happen in our system. And um, and I guess it's also worth noting that the latest census data, that's from 2021 mm-hmm. census data, has Australians identifying as Christian declining at about 
44% now, so well below half. And those identifying as having no religion rising to 40%. So they're both converging to about 40%. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, uh, um, those who identify with the Hindu or Ism faith are each about 3%, which is quite a lot of Australians too, that we shouldn't at all forget. Mm-hmm. So... This really critiques, so I, I, I think it really strengthens the critique of government failing to govern responsibly in all of our interests and the interests of future generations and, and the interests of our planet for that matter. Mm-hmm. And this is a critique that's been made by Alan Kohler, uh, as you've already raised, Shark, and also our regular source uh, economist, Thomas Piketty's talked mm. quite a lot about it as well. That's right. Just to illustrate what has happened with the environment under Morrison's and his liberal predecessors' stewardship whilst they were busily keeping government out of people's lives, in the words of Deputy Barnab- Barnaby Joyce, remember? Yeah. The current federal government has just released just now the five-yearly State of the Environment report on the 19th of July. Yeah, a report withheld from the public, incidentally, by the previous Morrison government. That's right. It found that the general outlook for our natural environment is deteriorating to catastrophic and possibly irreversible levels due to pressures from climate change, resource extraction, fossil fuels emissions, habitat loss, invasive species and pollution. Mm. The authors of that report, they stress the interconnectivity of all living things and that it is in humans' interests to stop harming the environment, which is our home and the base of our economy and well-being after all. As quoted in The Guardian by Adam Morton and Graham Redfern, they stress the interconnectivity of human health and well-being with that of the natural world. Mm-hmm. And I quote, In a rapidly changing climate, with declining biodiversity, the general outlook for environment is deteriorating. The impacts of this will affect us all. It is in our own interest to understand protect and restore the health of our environment. It is also our responsibility. Our environment has intrinsic value beyond direct human use. Mm. End of quote. Yeah, intrinsic value beyond direct human use. Mm. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, lots of Christians, as well as people of other faiths, would totally agree with that responsibility. The responsibility to protect and restore the environment And they would expect the government to act on that responsibility. Yeah, the State of the the Environment report should therefore have provided a wake-up call that we're in the midst of an emergency and that we need to act fast and be prepared for sacrifices. But what did Morrison and Susan Lee, his environment minister, do, or rather not do? They let the report sit there for months because they didn't want it to negatively influence their election chances, something they admitted in a roundabout way, a really interesting way of not putting your faith in government while still wanting to be running it. <laughs> but not believing in government to do anything useful. <laughs> That's yeah, sort right. of making the view come true through their own negligence, mm. which is really... It's all so strange in so many ways. That's right. Uh, anyway... Thank God we no longer look to the past PM Scott Morrison and his government, or non-government for that matter, to provide stewardship over the environment, or over all of us for that matter. 
And on that note, let's go to some music. One People by Blue King Brown. People, place, language. Connecting stories, culture and language across Australia. Contribute your content in digitube.com.au. Sign up for a free account and select your options for streaming. Download and broadcast promotion. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming life at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about a recent Australian PM's declaration that we shouldn't believe in government. He knows because he led one, our (laughs) own. And we're looking at some of the implications of his disbelief in government. And it's actually not just government we apparently should disbelieve in. Scott Morrison made an almost oblique reference to the United Nations in his talk at the Victory Life Centre. He said, we don't trust in the United 
nations thank goodness. And Jacques, he said thank goodness, not thank God, which I no, thought was interesting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, God is goodness. Okay. He said to the general laughter of the assembled evangelicals. <laughs> what, what was that all about? From a man who, after his electoral defeat, is now on his second international trip, first South Korea, now Japan, pontificating about national sovereignty, liberty and its enemies, China, of course, and Russia, and how it is important for all Democrats to stick together. Yeah, so, well, despite ScoMo's recent globetrotting, Jacques, I guess he and his government did express their antipathy for the United Nations quite a few times during their time in office. They certainly did, and especially when being admonished for their neglect of the environment, as well as their treatment of First Nations peoples, for their treatment of refugees and asylum seekers, for the lack of adherence to several human rights uh, rights regimes in Australia, where we in Australia had agreed to. Yeah, and Jacques, when we say they... That was our government. That's right, that was our, exactly. And there was and still is the lingering resentment towards those countries we invaded, colonized and exploited, and whose cultures we destroyed, and who are now claiming their legitimate place in the world order. Mm -hmm. And there is resentment that the previously colonized dare to claim rights and repair for the historical and present damage done to them. Mm. You think about the neglect of Pacific Island peoples, of Papua New Guinea, PNG, and the arrogant dealings with or neglect of our Southeast Asian neighboring nations. We have repeatedly in our program discussed the neo-imperial aspirations of at least three members of the Anglosphere. They're now being acronymized or made an acronym out of that dreadful AUKUS misnomer. Mm, Australian, UK, US. That's right. And why should that be not more truthful? US, USUK. Which would be US, UK and Australia. (laughs) Because it's after all the US who is leading the the calls and all of that. Yeah. And the UK very much applauding under the conservative government they have. Mm -hmm. So we can start to understand why the United Nations seems to be out of favor. And why Morrison and his evangelical audience don't trust the United Nations. They don't like the to treat other nations, other peoples, other cultures, other approaches to leadership and governments as equal, Mm -hmm. as having claims to share our global common wealth, as needing to be treated with solidarity in the face of unequal life and survival chances. Mm -hmm. And as a side thought, we have to wonder what evangelical Christians in Pacific nations would think of all of this. So, well, I guess neo-imperialist governments, as you say, Jacques, they don't like being told and reminded um, of how they've dropped the ball (laughs) and the damage they've inflicted and the need for reparation and to respect others' rights. They don't like being reminded of all of that in United Nations environment reports or other reports for that matter. (laughs) And they don't like to be reminded, I guess, that they're amongst the main culprits of our ecological predicaments, which is probably mm. a understated way of saying it. That's right. They would rather have the evangelical political eco- economy ideology about being the chosen ones of the Lord, mm. of being the real civilized and developed segments of humanity, whom, at best, 
all others need to follow and supposedly who are possessing the most advanced, just and sophisticated knowledge and know-how needed for survival and so on. Yeah, which is sort of hard to reconcile with the talk Scott Morrison is giving to different Mm. church congregations and audiences. But I guess overall, Jacques, what you're describing uh, sounds just like the old Western superiority ideology, which has been used to justify so much invasion and pillage, an ongoing pillage. That's right. Yeah, and so a body like the United Nations is evidently in the way of our continued supremacy and the inequities which continue to benefit us. Yeah, in the way of an entrenched systemic racism across the globe, really. That's right, and and the economic and other advantages. And remember, humanity has come up with something like the UN through a lot of pain and thinking and struggle after world wars and because of the many other reasons why why we need a global body that could give humanity a chance at finding peace, social justice, ecological justice, and the possibility to coexist with all our necessary differences and diversities. Yeah, all our differences as adapted to the different places in which we live and and which we need to sustain. Yes, exactly. And so, as I said, a body like the United Nations is in the way of belief in our continued supremacy and inequities which benefit us. Mm, hence, governments not liking the United Nations. That's right. Yeah. So meanwhile, with the prosperity gospel, our past PM and his co-evangelicals, um, uh, uh, within that their belief system, a believer's positive thinking, move toward God, is all that's needed to be granted wealth and power. So conversely, those who are poor, individuals and nations alike, are showing evidence of a lack of worthiness before God, just due, just evidence by being in a state of poverty or ill health. It shows they don't have that. Mm. Um, it's like positive thinking, mm. but yes. it's a religious positive thinking that you bring into being through your faith in God. That's you bring right. into being your health and your wealth. Mm-hmm. And that's the prosperity gospel. So there's no need to raise, if you think like that, there's no need to raise Centrelink payments to even the poverty level. Um, And the same things for health and well-being. There's no need for just and honest development funds for developing nations. Um, So positive thinking and absolute faith in the beneficence of God brings wealth, health and healing. And a lack of wealth and health, as I say, are they're evidence of unworthiness before God, some sort of lacking to the point where even members of these types of congregations feel ashamed to share that they're in a state of ill health mm. um, because that's seen to reflect on them and their lack of godliness. Mm-hmm. So overall, we're thought to be, uh, I guess the uh, implications of this for our system in general is overall we're thought to be in a meritocracy overseen by God and the have-nots don't actually deserve to have anything anyway. So why bother sharing our commonwealth Mm. fairly and stop our wealth being funneled up to the most wealthy? Yeah, exactly. Alan Kohler, in the New Daily, he quotes University of Melbourne's Professor Cody, and I quote, Morrison's reference to God's kingdom was important because that concept is embodied in the church. For Morrison and some Christian communities, the idea of God's kingdom contrasts faith 
in God, with faith in government, that to believe in God you need to stand against the kingdom of the world, which includes governments. Mm. And that's probably the explanation, the explanation of the riddle we started with. We need advertising people to run governments and who talk just <laughs> quite incoherent statements in a, in a sort of a sequential way, but they don't really measure up to one another. No. And you're talking about, of course... Um, advertise, when you say advertising people, Shark, you're mm-hmm. referring to people like Scotty from marketing. Yeah, but, but, but also Trump. You know, think yeah. about Trump or Johnson for that exactly. matter. Yeah. You know, we evidently need advertising people to run governments who profess to not want governments in their lives. Yeah, you say How, sarcastically, I should add. Yeah, however <laughs> incoherent that is, really. Yeah. So they're good at make-believe however contradictory to the beliefs they try to make. Yeah, and punish us all with, to add. Mm. And that's punishment, Jacques, in the here and now Mm -hmm. and not in any laughter life. That's absolutely right. punishing us now. So let's move to some brighter things, community announcements. There's two of them. One is that uh, we with Borderlands are planning a massive book sale, used book sale, Mm -hmm. in early October. So it's still two months from now or so, yeah, two months. But we already want to alert people to uh, reserve a little bit of money to buy lots of books used Particularly also, it's not like uh, novels and stuff like that, but uh, we have been halving our library from uh, about 16,000 to eight or 9,000 mm. because we haven't got plays. And also the books we had were growing a little bit old. Oh, and don't say that, Shark. <laughs> <laughs> but so, they're still important. So, so are uh, you going to describe what type of books the they fir- are? Well, there's lots of sociology, lots of uh, social work, community development, international development. Uh, social change. Uh, all of that, yeah. yeah the kinds social of things analysis. which you would assume an organization like Borderlands, Borderlands would have a lot of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's... It's in the first week of uh, of October. Put it somewhere in a diary so you don't forget. It will be the first Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of October. Uh-huh. And the second announcement is that uh, Borderlands is part, of, through me at the moment, and some other colleagues who are connected with Borderlands, of the uh, preparatory uh, committee for the International uh, Conference on Community Development mm. to take place next year in, in June. In Darwin. In June in Darwin. And so we certainly are suggesting that people start keeping that week in the middle of June free. There will be more information coming around in in our pr- future programs And that's International soon. Community Development. It is International Community Development the conference, which for the first time in three conferences now is face-to-face again. So uh, more about that later. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio and supporting our program. If you want to send us a message, you can email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stewart. Hey, 
stand by the fire Man, I got no reason to rise I never lose touch What kind of man do you think I am? listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.